up, everybody? Welcome to the Mystery Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Alonzo. Week 15 is amongst us, and we have some uh, games this week with playoff implications. And also, we might actually have a Super Bowl preview this week as well. Um, some fun matchups. I think there's going to be some really good ones, some close ones, definitely some high-scoring games. And I'm going to start going off uh, by going over these games. I'm going to provide you a couple of locks for this week as well. Uh, mainly want to discuss some sports betting, some of the different lines that we have, how they've moved, and also the fact that, you know, overall, last week wasn't great for me. Um, I think it was my first losing week. Uh, I went one and two. With my locks, overall, I'm still over 75%, which is amazing for me. Um, definitely the best run I've had uh, throughout an NFL season. So I want to try to just keep that going, uh, get back to, to having a winning week this week, and hopefully finish strong this season and help you guys uh, make some money as well. So the first matchup here is the Los Angeles Chargers, who are plus three at the Raiders. That's actually the Thursday night football. Um, AFC West as the Raiders host the Chargers. The Raiders are coming off an ugly loss to the Colts and need to win this game to keep their, their fading playoff hopes alive, uh, mainly for a few reasons. I think they'll, they'll do it in convincing fashion. The Chargers are a complete mess right now. Uh, their second, uh, you know, in their last second win over the Falcons this past week, for example, had more to do with Atlanta giving away the game than anything they did right. Anthony Lynn looks like he's trying to get himself fired with each passing week. Um, I, I think his days are definitely counted here. Uh, the coaching mismatch here is off the charts. Uh, Justin Herbert has quietly regressed sharply, actually, the last few weeks, averaging 6.1 yards per attempt or worse than four of the last five starts. Um, remember, this is a team that lost 45-0 to at home to the Patriots just two weeks ago. Uh, the last time, you know, Anthony Lynn faced off against the top coach. The Raiders lost to Indy as well, but it, it wasn't nearly as bad as the final score suggests, as the total yardage in the game was nearly equal. Um, unfortunately, Las Vegas did have a few fluke turnovers. Uh, basically, this one's an easy choice for me. Um, I could have made it a lock. I, it's, I don't think it's necessary. I think just by looking at the game, the matchup, the coaching staff, the game, uh, personnel, the talent, everything else, you know, it's easy here. You know, you only have to lay three points, take the Raiders. That's the easy choice. Next game is Buffalo, uh, six and a half point favorites at Denver. The Bills made a huge statement last week. Uh, that was on their Sunday night game, 26-15 win over Pittsburgh, uh, but may not have such an easy ride when they take on De the Denver Broncos. Um, discounting the game when they had to start Kendall Hinton at quarterback, the Broncos have been much improved in recent weeks. For starters, they shut down a Miami team that isn't that is firmly in the playoff hunt and followed that up with a, a narrow six-point loss at Arrowhead, which they played very well. Their defense was very strong. And then just last week, Drew Locke had one of the best games of his career so far as he put up 280 yards, four touchdowns, and a 32-27 victory over Carolina. Uh, despite being 5-8, and eight, this team is playing with a lot of confidence right now and should be able to keep up with Buffalo. Um, the Bills have won six of their last seven, with the only defeat coming on a Hail Mary, uh, Hail Mary, and that was the game at Arizona, a game that Buffalo dominated. They should have won. They, they let that one slip away. But 
they haven't made a, a habit of blowing uh, teams out. If In fact, that 11-point victory over Pittsburgh was their widest margin of victory of the season. Given that mile high is never an easy place to go to, um, take the Broncos here. You, you know, you're getting six and a half points. I think they're going to keep it within a touchdown. I think Denver is a good pick in this game as well. Carolina's plus eight and a half at Green Bay. The Green Bay Packers look to stay in control of the number one seed in the NFC when they host Carolina Panthers on Saturday night. Um, I think the visitors can make this closer, uh, a closer contest than people expect. Uh, despite being 10 and three, I'm st- I personally, and, and I'm still not sold on the Packers uh, being a legitimate candidate for the Super Bowl. After all, they've beaten just one team with a winning record this season and looked unconvincing in losses to to good teams or winning team like Indianapolis. Um, also, they lost to a, a team with a losing, uh, you know, an average marginal team like Minnesota. Um, they were also decimated by Tampa Bay in October, but even recently they've had their struggles. Having a last uh, last week, let the Detroit Lions back into the game before holding on to win 31-24. There is no doubt this team is hot on offense, especially with Aaron Rodgers continuing to light it up. But I'm not sure their defense is up to holding off the Panthers team that has put up 27 points in each of their last two games. Um, McCaffrey, you know, originally they're saying that he could potentially come back. Now all the reports are saying that he's going to be out again. So I don't think he'll be playing in this one. Even without him, um, you know, the, the Carolina is still a competitive team. Mike Davis has proven an adequate replacement all year long and can also do damage. The Packers have allowed the, ace, the eighth most yards per carry in the NFL this season, and the Panthers' backfield has the ability to shred that defense. Um, it's a big ask for Carolina to win this game. I, I, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't see that happening at all. But I do expect them to keep this within a score. Um, Green Bay doesn't really blow out a lot of teams either. They do win. They have a great offense. Their defense is not very good. So I think this will be a close game. They might win by seven. Uh, But, you know, if you're getting eight and a half with Carolina here, I think you have to take them. All right, we're going to jump to the AFC South where Houston is getting their plus seven at Indianapolis. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts and Texans will be going head-to-head for the second time in three weeks when they meet again Sunday in Indianapolis. Um, in Houston on December 6th, the Colts came away with a 26-20 victory. They followed that up with a 44-27 route of Las Vegas last week to improve to 4-1 in their last five games, 6-2 and in their last eight, and 9-3 and in their last 12. Um, running back Jonathan Taylor has been on fire with his second highest rushing output of the season. Um, and and that was at that time against Houston, 91 yards, followed by his highest total against the Raiders last week, 150 yards to go along with t- two touchdowns. Um, that does not bode well for a Texans defense that is second to last in the NFL against the run and second to last in yards per rushing attempt allowed. Uh, Houston's coming off a horrendous 30-67 loss to Chicago. Um, so things are, are only getting worse for this club. The Texans are 4-10 and 10 against the spread in the last 14 overall. 2-6-1 um, and, and one against the spread in the last nine on the road. 1-6 uh, and six against the spread in their last seven against opponents with winning records. And 3-7 and seven against the spread in the last 10 against AFC. Um, Indianapolis, in, on the other hand, is four and one against spread in the last five overall, and twelve and three and two against the spread in the last seventeen meetings between these two 
uh, teams. Uh, this for me, this was one of the games that I was alluding to. The Colts are, are playing very well. They're very confident. Their passing game is coming along very well. We know what the running backs can do. And finally, I think their head coach has said, you know, Jonathan Taylor, this is a guy we drafted. Uh, we drafted him high. This is a guy who's expected to be our, our franchise running back. And he's becoming more of the man the last few weeks. And he's showed with great production what he can do if given the opportunity. So that team is no longer using a three-run uh, running back system. It's him. Hines spells him. Hines does a lot of pass catching. But Taylor, when it comes to running the ball, is the man. Uh, roll with the Colts here. This is what I feel, uh, what I was going with, one of my locks this week. I really like Indianapolis at home. I think Houston is done, especially after that horrible loss at Chicago um, last week. It wasn't that they lost at Chicago. It was the way they lost. Um, they have too many key guys out as well. So I think Indy will easily cover this spread. Uh, take the Colts here. This should be uh, one of the games that you include in your parlays. This is one of my locks this week. Tampa Bay minus six at Atlanta. Uh, the Buccaneers can build further momentum ahead of the playoffs in a few weeks with comfortable victory over the Atlanta Falcons. Um, despite being eight and five and not yet confirmed of a place in the postseason, Tampa Bay's last three games are against Atlanta twice and Detroit, all of which they should win fairly easily. The Bucs have been a tad inconsistent in recent weeks, but proved they can light it up in high gear when they nearly pulled off an unlikely comeback against the Chiefs um, before steadily dispatching off the Vikings last week. Tom Brady in December is, is never a man you want to be betting against, and his array of weapons at wideout will be tough for any defense to handle, especially with Antonio Brown now integrated into the system. When you consider that the Falcons have allowed the third most passing yards in the league and fifth most touchdowns, um, they, they could be in for a long day. But what is most, uh, but what is most worrying for Atlanta is that the offense is starting to drop off. Matt Ryan threw three interceptions last week. They've only scored 17 points or fewer in three of their last four games. Their run game has been particularly poor and should be in for another tough one uh, against Tampa Bay defense that is allowing the league best 3.5 yards per carry. Uh, back to Bucks here. I think they're going to win by a touchdown at the very least. Lay the six points. It's an easy choice taking the bucks. All right, so we're going to jump to the NFC North. We got Chicago plus three at Minnesota. Uh, this is one of those games that's a winner bust for the Bears and the Vikings on Sunday as the NFC North rivals face off in a playoff showdown. Uh, well, both teams right now are sitting at six and seven entering week 15. A defeat for other wood would end, for any for any of the two would end their postseason ambitions. So the pressure will well and truly be on at U.S. Bank Stadium. The Vikings will be kicking themselves to have been put in a position where there's no margin forever after falling, uh, failing to take their chances in last week's loss, 24-16 uh, to Tampa Bay. They left 10 points on the field against the Buccaneers as a result of Dan Bailey's erotic, er erratic uh, boot, and he might be gone by the time Sunday's game rolls around. Uh, the Vikings won 19-13 in an instantly forgettable Monday Night Football when the division rivals met earlier in the season. The result coming, you know, during a six-game losing run for the Bears. That sequence looks set to condemn Chicago to miss out on the playoffs, but last week's 36-7 beatdown in Houston offers them hope. 
Um, that was the first time the Bears had covered in five weeks with the return of Mitchell Trubisky, surprisingly giving the offense a major boost. With Chicago making improvements on offense and the Vikings 2-5 two, two and five against the spread at home this season, uh, I think the easy choice here or the wise choice here is to take the Bears and the points in a nail-biter. Okay, so we're going to jump to another possible playoff matchup here. We got New England plus two at Miami um, or a game of playoff implications. The Miami Dolphins will continue their push for a playoff berth when they host the Patriots on Sunday. New England, on the other hand, was all but eliminated when it fell to six and seven last week, uh, 24-3 setback against the Rams. Yes, it's two, two, you know, this is 2020 and, and a lot has changed. The AFC East is no exception. For a brief moment, it looked like things would stay the same when the Patriots won this head-to-head matchup 21-11, to 11, uh, week one, that was. But to say that the two teams have gone in, in different directions since then would be a gross understatement. Miami is 8-5. and five. Rookie quarterback Tua is 4-1 and one as a starter, with his only loss coming to Kansas City, who's 12-1, and one, and that final score was 33-27. Whereas the Dolphins have two fine options at QB, because they also have Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Patriots don't have any. Cam Newton has struggled mightily, and he was replaced by Jared Stidham in the first in the fourth quarter of last week's contest. But head coach Bill Belichick says Newton is still the starter. For this team's 2020 prospects, however, it's too late for any quarterback decision to matter at all. New England is two and five against the spread in the last seven on the road, two and six against the spread in the last eight trips to Miami. The Dolphins are 19 and seven against the spread in their last 26 overall. And they're also 5-0 against the spread in their last five at home, 7-1 against the spread in their last eight against the AFC, and 5-1 in their last six against opponents with losing records. I mean, overall against the spread, Miami's been great, particularly this year. So them laying two points at home to a bad New England team, I think it's a it's the easy choice, the wise choice here. I'm taking Miami. I absolutely love them this week. I think this is a great matchup for them, and, and I think Miami's definitely one of the locks to win this week by more than two. All right, so let's go ahead and take a jump here to Baltimore. Baltimore is hosting Jacksonville, who's a 13-point underdog this week. They're plus 13. Lamar Jackson produced his best performance of the season when the Ravens needed it most in Monday's crazy 47-42 win over the Browns. I mean, it was an instant classic. Uh, it was such a fun game to watch. I've already seen the replay of it as well insane amount of offense running uh, you know the running game everything uh that victory kept the ravens wildcard ambitions on, on track as they're eight and five and now they face a very winnable three-game stretch to end the regular season starting with the visit of the abomination that is the 2020 jaguars the jags lost for a franchise record 12th time against tennessee in week 14 that and that was the titans just running all over their afc south rivals so th just think about that when you look at the ravens who lead the nfl with 170 almost 174 rushing yards per game will also likely get plenty of joy running against the jaguars and they'll need to dominate on the ground with the receiving the wide receiving core depleted um, a reliant on the rushing attack will be enough to win the game, but they'll struggle to cover, you know, such a large spread. In my opinion, the Ravens have gone five and eleven against the spread when a double-digit favorite 
in the last 16 home games. Uh, Jacksonville might be, you know, they might well be terrible. But they at least have a decent record against Baltimore to give them a crumb of com- of comfort. They're going five and zero against the spread in their last five meetings. They have also been competitive more often than not this season and have gone four and two against the spread in their last six weeks. The return of Gardner Minshew at quarterback also raises hope that the Jaguar the Jaguars can at least keep this respectable. And it's worth deciding with Jacksonville and the points. 13, it's a big spread here. Uh, I think Jacksonville will manage to at least keep this within two touchdowns. So I, I personally think that you should take Jacksonville in this game. Now we have Seattle minus five at Washington. The Seahawks will be hoping to avoid another upset against an NFC uh, East side when they travel to the Capitol on Sunday to face an inform Washington. The football team has won four in a row, um, and, and they've taken control of the NFC East at six and seven, with the defense leading the way, allowing an average of 14.3 points per game during that winning run. Um, Washington turned two of their four turnovers into touchdowns last week in their 23-15 win over the 49ers, covering up an awful display by the offense who managed just 193 yards total. Despite finding it tough to move the ball, Washington still deserves plenty of respect, having managed to cover in all of in all four of their games during their winning run. In contrast, Seattle is two and six against the spread in their last eight. While on the road, they have failed to cover in four straight. Seattle did manage to get back on track following their shock loss to the New York Giants with a 40 to 3 demolition of the Jets last week. But it's a tough to read too much into that result, given that, you know, the gangrene's woes, how bad the Jets are, right? So I don't I don't think it's very impressive that they did what they did. Um, maybe, maybe it might seem like it, but they were expected to dominate that game. Seattle will hope that the thrashing of the Jets got rid of some cobwebs on offense that has nosedived, averaging under 20 points per game in their last four. However, they'll need to prove that that in particular first and in the meantime take on washington to cover uh, for me I, this is easy um again washington's just playing very well i know their offense is really bad but that defense in particular their front seven and their pass rush is probably one of the best in the nfl if not the best um definitely taking washington here to cover uh, i'll take the five points at home seattle's traveling cross country uh, i like washington here plus five Let's jump to Philadelphia plus six and a half at Arizona. Um, the Eagles uh, actually will be trying to win their second straight game with Jalen Hurts on their center when they visit Arizona on Sunday. Philadelphia halted a four-game losing streak and stayed in contention in the NFC East by prevailing in Hurts' first NFL start with the 24-21 upset of New Orleans last weekend. The Eagles rushed for 246 yards as a team, led by Jalen Hurts, who had 116 yards on 18 carries, and Miles Sanders, who had 115 on 16 carries. They did that at the expense of a Saints defense that is second overall in the league, whereas Arizona's run defense is giving up 119.5 yards per game and 4.5 yards per carry. The Cardinals managed to beat the Giants last week, but they are still, you know, they're still 
two and four in their last six contests and will be one and five during that stretch if not for the Hail Mary against Buffalo. Uh, Kyler Murray has committed 17 turnovers this year, 10 interceptions, seven fumbles. He will have to play cleaner football if Arizona wants to win this one by a touchdown against a suddenly confident opponent. Uh, Philadelphia is four and one in its last five uh, December outings against the spread. Uh, the Cardinals are one and five against the spread in their last six overall, and one of one and four against the spread in their last five at home, and also three and eight against the spread in their last eleven as favorites. Uh, with Jalen Hurts, the new dynamic that team has, their rushing attack, they have a solid defense. I, I think the fact that Arizona is a six and a half point favorite, they're basically a one touchdown favorite. Uh, I, I would love to take, or you know, definitely Philadelphia in this game plus the points. All right, so speaking of the Jets, the New York Jets are 16.5-point underdogs. They're plus 16.5 this week at Los Angeles against the Rams. The Jets look destined to go winless this season after being pulverized 40-3 to by the Seahawks last week. But don't expect the blowout quite so big when they face the Rams. Um, for all of the Jets' woes, they have actually performed fairly well against the run. So this is a different dynamic here, allowing just 3.9 yards per carry this season, which is tied for fourth best in the league. Um, that's worth paying attention to, seeing as running the ball was all the Rams wanted to do in their 20 to fourth, 24 to three win over the Patriots last week. While New York is awful against the pass, Jared Goff has just two touchdowns in the last three games. And the Rams may not put up a whole heap of points. I also think this line is a bit of an overreaction against the Jets to the loss, uh, you know, to the blowout defeat in Seattle. After all, they came within a few seconds of beating the Raiders the week before and lost by less than a score to the Chargers and Patriots last month. The biggest issue for the Jets will be putting up points you know, on the board, having scored 10 or fewer in seven of, of their last 11 games. Coming up against arguably the best defense in the league, that task becomes even harder. However, their run game has shown flashes of ability in recent weeks and could help them cover this enormous spread. Uh, this was a tough one for me to decide at the end. I think uh, Los Angeles is just, everything in their offense just seems to come off of their running game. You know, they try to dominate with the run. They use tons of play action. They roll out golf a lot from that play action. That's why I think this game might not be, you know, a, a complete blowout. I think the Rams will win. I don't think it'll be a game where it'll be at risk or, or as close or, or anything like that. But, you know, 16 and a half, 17 points, that's three scores. And I think that because of that and the fact that the Rams are somewhat run heavy on offense and the one thing the Jets can do is defend the run, I think this might stay within 16 and a half, 17 points. So I'm, I'm leaning towards the Jets. Now, in our last game and possibly a Super Bowl preview, we have Kansas City minus three at New Orleans. Um, it will be a potential preview of Super Bowl this year when the New Orleans Saints entertained the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. If there is a rematch in the Super Bowl, you can be sure Drew Brees is a big reason for that and will be on the field in Atlanta, in Tampa Bay in two months' time. Barring something extremely unexpected, that won't be the case this time around. Brees remains sidelined with those broken ribs, the punctured lung, so Taysom Hill will once again be running the show. Hill own, Hill basically has led New Orleans to a 3-1 record 
while Breeze has been out, but he turned the ball over twice during last week's 24-21 loss to Philadelphia. The only teams the Saints have defeated with their backup quarterback under center are Atlanta twice and Denver. Kansas City's 12-1 and has won eight in a row, um, including victories over Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Miami, not to mention those three victories that are all against very good teams were all on the road. Mahomes has surged past the rest of the field as, you know, he's what, minus 200 right now as a favor for the NFL MVP. He's averaging a ridiculous 385 passing yards over the past six contests, during which he has thrown 17 touchdowns and five interceptions. Kansas City's 11-4-1 against the spread in their last 16 on the road. Uh, against opponents with winning records. The Saints are 1-4 against the spread in their last five against opponents with winning records. Uh, here, it's basically, for me, with Taysom Hill, our quarterback, I think it's just, I don't think New Orleans can keep up with Kansas City. I'm going to back the Chiefs here. I'm going to back them with confidence. I think they're this should be an easy lock for them this week, an easy win, and an easy game to take and parlay with some of these other locks that I just provided you. So that's going to end things for this week's locks. Um, as I mentioned before, I'm still over 75% on the season. It's been a very successful season for me. Um, I hope you guys have been listening in, taking these bets. Make sure to parlay them. I usually do three, 14 parlays. I also like to tease games. You know, when I want to wager big, I'll do three team teasers for and whatnot. Uh, it's been very successful. It's been working for me. And I do it all, as you know, through mysportsbook.lv. So make sure if you're looking to make any money this weekend, if you want a wager, you're looking for some action, check them out. Use my code irrelevant so that you get your 150% match on your deposit and just improve your chances of winning. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Uh, make sure to tune in next segment or next show when I'll be bringing this week's college picks as well. Thank you. Johnny Alonso.